0: I guess I'll call this one The Late Late Show. <laughs> Little bit or a lot. Either way, the show is now from somewhere in the American desert, as always. This is Mike. I'm your host. The name of the show, Let's Talk, Politics and Religion. Let's get it on, huh? Bam, as Emerald Lagasse would say. I met that guy one time in person. <laughs> Real short. <laughs> I think, looks a lot taller, I guess you could say, for certain Uh, respects but yeah real short kind of (laughs) guy so anyways I met him signed a book for me and that was that so welcome to the show let's talk this episode is called saved saved I'll talk about that in just about two minutes anyways sorry I'm late I had some uh had a thing out here there was a uh, location where they were given away free free not, not a single No donations asked for or anything. And he had pallets and pallets worth of tomatoes. Beautiful, beautiful tomatoes um, in a crate, you know, so you could take a couple. And so we went this morning, 8 o'clock this morning, we were in line waiting for uh, our turn to get in there and hopefully hopefully be able to get some because the wife is going to can them. You know, try to do everything you can and whatever you can to what's that hon? yeah she's been praying for produce so the lord it, it was kind of funny because i got up at like three in the morning our time and um i don't sleep well at night and i i you know got my coffee and i came back and i got on the computer and i started looking and you know, looking at the headlines and whatever and whatnot and then um i got on facebook and there was a private message from her. So I checked it out, and it was about these tomatoes. They had a picture of the location there and whatnot. So um, I don't know, about several minutes or so after I had seen that, I heard the bedroom door open, and she came out into the house. She doesn't get up that early. So I called out to her. I says, hey, you know, you are right." And she says, yeah, I just wanted to make sure I showed you this thing about these tomatoes. And I, wow, funny you should say that. I just happened to look at it. So we went this morning, and... Um, didn't take long we you know the line moved pretty quick the guy was there and he give you two boxes or one whichever you want two was the limit which was fine and we got our tomatoes and then i had to go to the bank to the bank to the bank to the bank 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 and i consolidated my debt if you've never thought about doing that what yeah some most of it the the heavy part you know some of them i paid off completely and um a few of the other ones i pay down so excuse me if you've never considered that what's that tina yeah we got rid of the i paid off the high interest ones right off the top and then the other ones like i got one from a bank where i used to live before it's 10 percent interest so i'm not too concerned about that anyways um and we cleaned up some of the wife's um Credit card stuff, so we, you know, got that done. But I'll tell you something: I probably saved myself. Well, in fact, I'm almost sure I saved myself almost five hundred dollars a month. Now I have to pay the bank, obviously, but the interest rate to the bank is like ten percent or more less than what these credit cards are charging me, and I have insurance on it. So something were to happen to me, or I become incapacitated for some reason. The loan is covered and my wife doesn't have to take the burden on after I'm gone. So it was a great deal. And I'll tell you, I feel like, you know, I feel pretty good <laughs> to be, you know, hey, took care of a big thing there, you know. But again, if you've never thought about it, look into it. Don't get into these things where like Credit card and all them or whatever else or however other way they offer you these deals. Those deals are at almost 30% interest. So, yeah, what Tina? Yeah. If you can get a secure card from your bank, that'll help your credit. And, um, also, um, you know, so again, go through your bank if you can, you know, and, um, and do it that way because your bank is going to give you a better, better interest rate. And then you don't have to muck around with some other third party, you know, it's right through your own bank. So, Anyway, that being said, let's move along get on with the show. Just wanted to share that with you. Um, Our newest baby chicks, holy man, are they getting big quick, went in there yesterday. They were in a big tote with the heat lamp there, and um, one of them was out of the tote, and I was waiting for that to happen. So went and got the dog crate, (laughs) and uh, this way here, they're confined. Maybe next week, week after, depending on the weather. The weather has to... Stay a little warmer at night. We'd like to see it before we put them outside. Plus, they got to be ready to go outside feather-wise. So, anyways, and then, you know, God willing, we'll start getting some of our own eggs. And our new puppies, well, they're puppies. But I'll be honest with you, I'm really impressed with their uh, studious, um, studiousness. They they pay attention, they listen, and they respond pretty well. You don't really have to muck around with them. They, they're, they're good, so... The bad thing is the dog we have has some bad habits, which, you know, of course, isn't that always the way, like with a kid or whatever too, right? First habit they're gonna pick up is the bad habit. But other than that, and uh so there we go. So moving along, moving along, singing a song, walking in a winter wonderland. Not yet. No, 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 no. Okay. Oh sorry. <laughs> Oh, speaking of which, stopped at the post office today to mail off some letters and uh, (laughs) had to get some stamps. They already got Christmas stamps out. Or maybe they're leftovers, whichever it is. I'm sorry, but no. (laughs) Moving along. Anyways, the show is called Saved. And like I said, I'll get to that in just a brief second here. But let's say our prayer And then we'll get started with the show. How's that? Dear Heavenly Father, all wisdom, knowledge, truth, and understanding is from you. Man mimics your truth, wisdom, understanding, and so forth. But it's not truth. It's their truth. It's their wisdom. It's their understanding. Misguiding, misleading, misleading deceiving, evil. (laughs) But we know, Lord, and we're so thankful that through your word, through your love for us, through your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about whether the path is right that you set us on, Lord. We don't have to worry about if the cross we carry is the world's cross or your cross, Lord. And I thank you so, so, so much. And I thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Our first scripture today is out of John, the book of John. It's one of the Gospels, the fourth Gospel, as a matter of fact. And it's chapter 15, and if I numbered it right, it's verses 16 through 19. John chapter 15, verses 16 through 19. And it goes like this. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. If the world hate you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. So right in the beginning, he tells us, this is Jesus speaking, right in the beginning, he tells us, he chose us. He called our names. He called us by name to come out of the world, to follow him, to be one of his. Now, I want to <laughs> make a point here that we we bring forth good fruit if we're true followers of the Lord, not bad fruit. And our good fruit will remain. And he goes on to say that whatever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Listen, let's clarify that right now. You could ask a million times for buku riches and all sorts of, you know, glamorous and wondrous things of that nature. And that many times, the Lord will tell you, "Mm mm-mm, not going to happen, Captain. Sorry, it's not what that's about, okay? So anyways, and our love for one another is like no other love, okay? It's not sexual. It's not physical in any way. It has nothing to do with the way we look, talk, or act, or anything like that. It has to do with the fact that we all share in the body of Christ. And because of that if the world hates us, well, <laughs> get over it. <laughs> that's what I say. I kind of take that another one of those that's a badge of honor as far as I'm concerned. <clears throat> and I hope their hatred or I feel that their hatred is probably deep and unending. And we see that, right? I mean, let's face it. These, you know, the world today, if you don't agree with them and their agenda, I mean, they're rewriting history. They're rewriting the entire narrative all to focus in one direction. And if you're not going with them, well, then they hate you. I mean, not, not, I'm not talking about they don't care for you or they dislike you. Oh, nay, nay. <laughs> they hate you. And they will sever their ties with you and try to give you a pinch on the way out. Oh, well, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't hurt or doesn't bother you, but hey. My reward in heaven is great. My Lord was hated. He was scourged and crucified for me, and he did nothing wrong. So who am I to complain? Maybe every so often I moan and groan a little, but for the most part. And anyways, you know, I just want to remind you that we're not supposed to live or be part of or or take part in a whole lot of things that this world has to offer. I'm not saying, you know, you just seclude yourself and don't have any participation or whatever in events of the world because sometimes you just can't help it. Or other times it's just, a you know, it's enjoyable. But try to always remember, not on your own terms, but according to Scripture, if Jesus were with you, would you be doing that? Another thing. Jesus were with you, would you be dressing that way? And I got to be honest with you. I'm talking primarily to the women. I don't mean no disrespect, but back in my day, women that dress like that, and I'm not saying all of us but I see it on TV all over the place and, of course, out in public. Only the prostitutes and, the, you know, the girls, the ladies of the evening dress such. And now they dress, you know... Yeah, my wife just said, they think dressing fancy is dressing like a slut. No other way to put it. So, you know, try to remember. Try to, you know, let's have some respect. If you don't respect yourself, respect the Lord, please. Anyways, moving along. So Trump, you know, I mean, I can't not say something about it. I got to say something, but... This is, uh, as I said in the last show, and I've said in several shows, these are some of the darkest days our country has ever known. And I mean ever known. Blatant disregard for limitations. Um, right. Blatant disregard. Because the thing is, all these charges, these, these things have been <laughs> the, turned out to be bonus and bogus when they tried this before. All right? I mean, seriously, come on. We're gonna let some two bit whore bring a man of, of moral fortitude compared to her. I'm not saying he's perfect, who was looking out for the best in the welfare of our country and its citizens. I just, you know, once again, look at the record. But anyways, the darkest these are the darkest days. And, you know, I I don't see them getting lighter, but, you know, but I mean, you know, they know the charges are phony or trumped and, you know, but it has to play out. Don't judge anybody. Don't judge the president. Don't judge this one or that one until it's all done and over with. All right? Don't do that. Because I'm going to tell you something. The hatred, that's what this is all about. The hatred (laughs) that these people have for him is unending, as I said in a prayer. There's no limit to what they'll do and how far they'll go. All right? And they've shown this before in history. They actually assassinated a president, John F. Kennedy. So, I mean, (laughs) you know... But we need to be praying, not just for Donald Trump and for the truth to be, you know, to be relevant and to shine forth and shine through, but for our country. Because, again, first time ever a president of the United States. This is insane. And I call him president because I think he is president. I don't think Biden won. In fact, I know for a fact Biden did not win the 2020 election. And not for one minute do I believe that. So, hence the the name of the show, "Saved." So let me give you a reference point, give you an understanding of "saved" and 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 somewhat how it works. You know, being born again, being saved. So Jesus is judge, jury, and so forth, prosecutor, the whole nine yards. He earned that right in that 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 when he um, in obedience to the father came here as a man, suffered. Oh boy, did he suffer, <laughs> and died and was resurrected again, and now he sits next to the Father. So you're brought before the you know our Lord. And you're accused of all your sin. And believe you me, you got tons, just as I do, right? And all these sins, all these things, even one, even one lily-white lie, quote-unquote, is enough to condemn you to hell for all eternity. That's God's righteousness and his holiness. So now here you stand before the, the holy judge, the righteous judge, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And here's the point, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, who has what? Mercy on us. So here you stand accused, here you stand dejected, rejected, you know, but all of a sudden, the Lord himself stands up, stands by your side and says to the Father, This one is covered by my blood. This one's name is in the book of life. I paid the penalty. And suddenly, when it didn't seem like it could get any worse, you're set free. You enter into heaven's gate for eternity, not hell, heaven. You see, Jesus is the ultimate advocate. He's our high priest. He's our salvation. And as I talk to you this day, I'm saved. Thank you, Father God. Are you? <clears throat> so, let's move along. If it's true that history always repeats And for those, especially, who fail to learn from it, well, history can also be replaced by false revision. In other words, lying about something (laughs) to make it right and then lying enough to where, you know, they want you to believe it is the truth. The reality in America today Listen here. The reality in America today, where these newly awakened conservatives and constitutionalists are suddenly on the verge of civil war, going up against these mind enslaved zombies of the progressive left. And the reason is because their lies have been exposed. This is a showdown. All right? They're. They're somewhat what you might say, as I've spoken about before, throwing down the gauntlet. In other words, they're saying, we dare you, come on, take us on. Unfortunately, up to this very day, well, (laughs) nobody's brave enough or enraged enough or anything to take them on. Not really. All across this country, from the political realm to the religious realm to the Patriotic realm and everything in between. Where's the outcry? You know, I was watching. Um, I actually I caught some footage of the uh, the movie Woodstock. All right. Now here's close to five hundred thousand people all together. Now I'm not saying anything about drug use or you know it was what what I'm saying is they stood strong. They stood with one mind pretty much in one accord. They were against the war. They were against crooked politicians, of course, against corporate greed, all these things. And you see, the point I'm making is (laughs) there's more than that of us who that if we stood up singularly and collectively and made some noise. A group that large, even some noise, is a large, is like, you know, deafening. You gotta stand up. You gotta get involved. You gotta stand for something. Whether it's right or wrong, good or bad. In the movie Biloxi Blues, the one gentleman says to the other, make a contribution, stand up, get in the get in the fight. Yeah, moving on, Isaiah 5, chapter, yeah, okay, take two. Isaiah 5, verse 14. Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp and he that rejoiceth, shall descend into it. That's the end game for those who don't repent. And there's so many of them that hell actually enlarges itself. Hmm. Tells you a lot, doesn't it? Now, listen, this is about as sick as it gets. <laughs> well, not really. It gets sicker and sicker and sicker over and over and over. But <laughs> a transgender pastor. Now, those two words right there, transgender pastor. Hm, mm, Wait. <laughs> no, 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 no. Belongs to the um Lutherans. The Lutherans. So this church in Fargo, because the Lutherans, if you didn't know, along with several other mainstreams uh religions have allowed this to creep into their offici official positions. As well as, you know, outright display of it in their memberships. But anyways, this pastor from North Dakota, I read this and I I just like, okay, you know, falling out of the chair. This pastor, this transgender pastor from North Dakota has compared the, pay attention, the treatment of Nashville shooter. Okay, so she was, Audrey Hale, she was treated like anyone else who's terrorizing, okay, and committing murder and and creating mayhem, all right? She was gunned down, all right? And I'm sure it saved lives because her manifesto, the Audrey Hale, the shooter, was to go out and she had more planned. Anyways, this pastor likens the treatment of the Nashville shooter Audrey Hell to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. I'm not laughing at that. (laughs) My wife from the other room. Wait, what? (laughs) To the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Number one, or not number one, just period, (laughs) you can't compare anything to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Not only because of the savagery and the brutality of what that entailed, all right? It wasn't just nailing him up there and waiting for him to die. It was the scourging and the beating and the plucking of the hair from his face and his head, all that. On top of all the abuse and everything and disrespect he took before that, all right, and then, oh, here, carry this beam about the size and weight of a railroad tie, go ahead and pick one up and see how far you can walk with it, I actually did that, so anyways, after you've been beaten, though, so you got to find somebody that'll get a cat of nine tails and whoop the tar out of you, anyway, so let's not lose our course here, and she compares, you know, what, like Audrey Hale was some kind of a martyr? This is how they're betraying it. She was a martyr for the cause. No. She was a terrorist, a sicko. And I, you know, I mean, she was mentally deranged, deep-seated. She had all kinds of mental issues. This girl was possessed by a demon to no end. And they're going to make her a martyr? Oh, please, people, please. Pray for our country. Play, pray, pray, pray. But since this transgender pastor brought up the crucifixion, and of course, we're at that time of year, you know, Pesach, which is the Jewish Passover, and quote-unquote Easter, let's talk about the crucifixion a little bit. We've talked about it recently. Let's... Let's look at something else here about that. This is what I'm calling the Bible Believer's Guide to the Crucifixion, but not just the crucifixion, the timeline. When did these things really occur? Like what days, in other words? All right? So thing is, all over the world on this Friday, you're going to have Christians (laughs) will be observing Good Friday. Now, the Catholic Church, okay, the Catholic Church teaches that Jesus went to the cross on a Friday and rose to the grave or rose from the grave on a Sunday morning. That, you know, sounds right, right? And mostly everyone across the board accepts it as that's the chronology. But there's a problem, and this is huge. This is ginormous, all right? This changes the entire narrative that they spoon-fed us for centuries. Their timeline, which being the one that the world, you know, adheres to pretty much, right? It's wrong. According to biblical account of what happened, it's wrong. Matthew twelve forty, Jesus said this. Matthew twelve forty. For as Jonas, or Jonah, was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. You get that? So Jonah was the one that was in the belly of the whale or the giant fish for three days and three nights, and so forth and so on. So, you know, you can read that in your old testament. But three days and three nights, from Friday to Sunday, that's like a day and a half, two days' chops, something like that. Now, well, if that doesn't add up, then what happened here? See, they went from one-time typekeeping keeping to another, and also with the calendar, all right? And according to their erroneous teaching, Friday was one day. But no, Friday is actually a day and a night. And then they count to that Saturday as the second day, and Sunday is the third day, three days. But listen, it, it's, it's, it's not three days. It's barely a day and a half. And that's according to the Jewish calendar. Remember, (laughs) it's not according to our understanding. It's according to their rules. Jesus did not rise on Sunday morning. The Bible says plainly, listen now, he already was risen by the time they went to the grave to finish the burial anointing them with spices and so forth and so on. It says in Mark 16, now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, pay attention, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. That's Mark 16, 9. And then it goes on to say in Matthew, we'll go back to Matthew 28, in the end of the Sabbath, end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene, And the other Mary to see the sepulchre, And they were told, he's not here, for he has risen, as he said. And then they're told to come look and see where he laid. And all the gospel accounts, all four of them, all right? Jesus is already (laughs) rose and gone on Sunday morning. He's not there. There's no account of his rising at that time whatsoever. It's referred to as an event that already took place. So if the Roman Catholic timeline is followed, you'd have have at the most 30 hours of elapsed time, not even close enough for three days and three nights. Okay? And Jesus himself said this. Now listen, (laughs) the maker and creator of, even though he's eternal, you know, the time issue and things, days and nights and so forth, he's telling us, right? As Jonas was three days and three nights. And remember he said, tear this temple down or destroy this temple. And in three days, I'll build it back up again. You see, those numbers aren't just flippant, you know, comments. He was crucified. Now listen, on a Wednesday, not on, you know, this supposed good Friday, the Jewish day listen, still starts the way it did in Genesis when God created it. Go back to the book of Genesis and we see God creating our 24-hour day made up of two equal times, made up of 12 hours of evening and 12 hours of morning. And that's how we still do time in 2023. Understand that the Bible says that God started the day at 6 p.m. Make a mental note of that because when we come back to this point, you're going to need to remember it. So just keep that in mind. Now, Jesus says in Matthew that his crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection would match that of what happened to the prophet Jonah. Okay, and we read that earlier three days and three nights in the whale's belly so shall the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth that's 72 hours so it right up front there you got it the required time mandated by the creator himself jesus christ is three full days and three full nights not like you know at work you can come in early and go home early no 12 hours each night, right? 72 hours. So technically, to make that work, Jesus was crucified on Wednesday morning and then taken off the cross before sundown at 6 p.m. when Thursday would begin. To us, I know that's still Wednesday night, but on the Jewish calendar, remember what I just said, 6 p.m. starts the next day. So in the same you know respect where I've spoken before about it's Israel-centric and Middle East, you know, so forth, it, this is where we're at with this. The Catholic Church changed the time according to pagan um, beliefs and so forth. And it no longer after that point and when they, you know, started forcing the world to follow the same timeline, and of course the world went yadda da along with them. See, you just got to read the Bible. Same thing with following the real, you know, where the real Mount Sinai is. Well, it's not in Sinai, it's in Saudi Arabia because the Bible says so. Same thing with the temple, you know, the temple. It was in the city of David, not on the Temple Mount. Anyway, so in John 19, 31, 32, it says, when Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. The Jews, therefore, because it was the, now listen, it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day. This is key. Hear this. For that Sabbath day was a high day. So they besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the, the custom was um, to break their legs before they were taken down off the cross to ensure death. Jesus' legs weren't broken because why? Scripture says, not a bone in his body shall be broken. So, he had the uh, spear lunged into his side. So anyways, what we have here is two Sabbath days. So, note the phrase, the Sabbath day was a high day. So, what they're telling us they're giving, up, giving us a heads up to is that this wasn't just the regular Saturday Sabbath, okay? This was different. This was something out of the, you know, it's not the normal. So it's a, and it's a high day, okay? It's a special high Sabbath day. So I guess you'd say, what was so special about Listen, it was the Passover, the Passover. I mean, doesn't it make sense when you think about it that God would have the Passover lamb, his Passover lamb, sacrificed on Passover or for Passover? Now, this fell on a Thursday. And, of course, it was followed by the Days of Unleavened Bread. So now you see the Passover's on Thursday. So by 6 p.m. Wednesday night, because that would start Thursday, according to the Jewish time and calendar, right, of the day, he had to be off the cross. All of them did. You know, him and the two thieves both. Because they didn't want, uh, the rule is no bodies hanging like that. Um, during the holiday, you know. So Passover's on Thursday, and there we solved that problem. Right? Now, some will say in the King James Bible, Acts 12.4 uses the word Easter instead of the word Pesach, which is Passover. That's what Luke was referring to the pagan holiday Easter on that Saturday, and not the Jewish Passover, which had, listen now, already finished. Okay? It says that Peter was taken during the Days of Unleavened Bread. See, the Jewish, the Passover ended, but then the regular, so that was a Sabbath, a special Sabbath, a high Sabbath, right? High Holy Day. But then the regular one started right after it. So you, you you understand, okay? So according to the Old Testament, and according to the their their time their you know calendar their clock however you want to call it, Jesus was crucified when there were two Sabbath days in one week, one being the High Sabbath day on Thursday, which was Passover. And then, again, like I just said, the regular Sabbath day, which fell on Saturday, and that comes each week. Like when Tina and I used to go to the Messianic Synagogue back in New York, it was on Saturday. Right? Makes sense. So when the ladies brought the spices, as we're told, it was after the high Sabbath day. It was not after the regular Sabbath day. All right, so let's look at a timeline. Quick review, and then we'll move along. Jesus is crucified on the cross, 9 a.m. Wednesday morning. Taken off the cross at sundown. So before 6 p.m. Wednesday night, all right? Some say it was like 3 in the afternoon or whatever. doesn't matter, okay? Buried for three nights, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night. You get it? Buried for also the three days, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, right? Because at 6 p.m. Saturday night, Sunday starts, right? So we have the fulfillment of the words spoken by Jesus, not according to the Catholic Church, No, no, no. And tradition that lasts until this day. No, 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 no. No. Jesus rose Saturday night at 6 p.m., the start of the first day of the week. Aha! Right? They went to the tomb first thing in the morning on the first day of the week, and guess what? What were they told? He's not here. Look and see. The tomb is empty. All right, so we have to understand the Jewish time, you know their timeline, how they did things, and understand their calendar. Then we can see, according to the words of Jesus Christ Himself, how and when—or not how, but when—the crucifixion actually took place. It, it's it's clear. I you know when I first learned about this many many years ago it took me a little while to be able to accept it you know because any anything anything that goes against the grain or goes against the you know what you've been brought up to believe in and so forth it can sometimes be very disconcerting you know right And again, you know, I grew up as an Italian boy, an Italian family, you know, and all this stuff. So, of course, we grew up Catholic, or I was raised as a Catholic. So, you know, the biggest thing for me was seeing the truth and understanding the truth about salvation and so forth and so on. And then, because of that, leaving the Catholic Church, because they don't offer salvation. They don't. They don't. So don't let them fool you. All right. But again, so, you know, I got past that. And then eventually at some point in time, this issue came up. Oh, I was talking to a guy named Ty. I remember now. And he was an ardent believer in, you know, not the Good Friday, but the, you know, Wednesday and so forth and so on. And so he laid it on me. And I, you know, at first I went, ah, Ty, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But then I got kind of thinking, I says, well, if the Catholic Church lied about all this other stuff and make up all this other stuff, who's to say they ain't, they're ain't? they not lying about this and making it up too? So, you know, both feet I dive in, you know, there I go, right? And I swam through a lot of muck and mire, spiritual muck and mire and so forth and so on. But in the end, it all added up. And not just on some logical standpoint. Somewhat, but it, it, you know, when you, again, when you, when you read what it says and don't inject what you think, don't inject what somebody else tells you. This is one of those times when you got to get outside the box and then look at it. Wow, that makes perfect sense. And on top of all that, I had a very dear friend of mine at the time, um, Since then, I've lost contact with him for whatever reason. But anyways, he went to Israel, spent, I think, just about a year. Anyway, that was one of the things he talked to about with Jews over there. Not Christian Jews, Jews. And they kind of chuckle about it, you know, kind of almost like, well, you Christians, you think this, that, and the other thing, but that's not what your scriptures tell you. You should look at your own scriptures. That's kind of a slap in the face, right? <laughs> you should look at your own scriptures, they'll tell you. And sure enough, I want to read a couple scriptures to you. I saw these um well oh, the other day. Anyways, and seeing as I called this show saved. So let's let's look at these these couple scriptures. First one's out of the book of Romans, Romans 8. And I guess I'll go ahead and read it out of the King James Bible for you. It says this, There is therefore now no condemnation. Remember I said earlier about Jesus standing before the Lord on our behalf? And there's no condemnation. So there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Uh, Sometimes the flesh takes us, but the spirit saves us. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Paul always talked about the law could not save you. The law of Moses could not save. It did not offer salvation. It pointed to salvation. But in and of itself, there was no salvation in the law. The law made, like Paul says, and he's he's right, the law gave us visual or whatever, intellectual understanding of this is what sin is. So, for what the law could not do, right? So no salvation. In that it was weak through the flesh God, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemns sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. The righteousness of the law, what it pointed to, it pointed to Jesus, all right? God is the only one that can save us, all right? So that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh, well, think about it. They do the things of the flesh. And of course, those that are of the Spirit do the things of the Spirit. A carnal mind thinks of carnal things. Okay? A spiritual mind thinks speaks of spiritual things. So a carnal mind is death. And the spiritual mind, life and peace. Trust me when I tell you, the further you go from that moment of you know salvation, your first, you know, of accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior and so forth, you know, the more you read your scriptures, the more you pray, the more you seek that ye may find The more times you knock and the door shall be opened, you'll see the carnal mind drifting away and no longer having say or sway over what you do and think and say. Then you'll see and find yourself being more spiritually minded. It's a beautiful thing. Bottom line is, if you're in the flesh, you cannot please God. No, 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 no. Because again, the carnal mind is enmity against God. God is spirit. Remember Jesus said God is spirit, so you gotta worship him in spirit. So that's Romans 8. Read the whole thing. Romans chapter 8. It's a great, 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 great um. Yeah, what do you call it? <laughs> great chapter and, and verses there. Sorry about that. Losing the losing the ninnies here in my mind. But again, so you know. We're not only not only just born again or, quote, unquote, saved. We suddenly, in that saved state of life, we start to <laughs> not evolve, but, you know, change gears, all right? We start to see things different. We start to think different. We start to feel different. And it's all for, you know, the, or all from the saving grace of God our Father. So we'll move along here. Against the tide. You know what that means, against the tide? You ever see that poster? I used to see it. I worked in a school at one time. Well, it was a school owned by the town where I, wor- I worked for the town. But anyways, they the school district used it. Um, so there was a poster of all these fish swimming in one direction <laughs> And one fish swimming against the tide. So, you know, against the flow. My mom used to say, if uh, Joe Doe, John Doe, would jump off the bridge, would you follow him? Do you get it? So I think against the tide. I think maybe now there's millions of people that have (laughs) figured out, hopefully, people that listen to my show have figured out, but other than you, that our country's intentionally and systematically being divided into two groups, those who love, revere, and have chosen to defend their liberty and freedom and justice and our Christian heritage, and for those who hate about everything about that, they hate America, they hate the freedoms we have, they hate the liberty we have. And they don't want justice for anyone, especially Donald Trump. <laughs> but, you know, and that's another thing real quick. If they're doing that to a president, I, you, listen now. What I, I said this on a show not long ago, but I, I got to reiterate it because it just came to my mind. Just think of what they'll do to you. Look at what they've already done. So we got a war in America. It's not the North against the South or the East against the West or anything of that nature. This is this is literally evil versus good. Literally evil versus good. It's one side is unbridled government power. The other side is unlimited power of the people. Basically, it breaks down the totally insane and many... Uh, uh, um, deranged Democrats, evil too, <laughs> against all Americans, period. That's all there is to it. And this is, this is going to end in only two ways. I hate to tell you, but it's going to end in you know their side winning, which will mean we'll have a tyrannical government authority with no freedom, liberty, privacy, or justice for anyone, or we'll have the power of a free people. You see, in the state where I live, the power to free people was one of the reasons why or how this farmer could offer free food like that with no government intervention whatsoever. The health department didn't show up going, oh, no, you know, did you have, you know, whatever. None of that. He didn't imply anything about them. He just said, hey, I got tomatoes. You want some? He didn't imply they're free of any you know, pesticides or anything of that nature or whatever. I mean, let's face it, even when you're buying from the grocery store, I don't care how many times they get spritzed, you know, while they're laying there in the, in the vegetable department, you wash them off when you get home. But anyways, you know, they've taken away our right to be able to do that sort of thing. They've already taken away our rights In so many other ways, people are afraid to stand up and say anything because they think, oh, my God, I'm breaking the law. But here's the thing. Listen to me. You're not breaking the law. They're breaking the law. You you see how this works? They got you people so screwed up in the head that you think you're doing something wrong. Oh, malarkey. And every other word you could use, but I won't. But see how they've done it? The whole COVID thing showed you how they can work it. If you didn't wear a mask and you didn't go get, a, you know, one of umpteen vaccines and booster after booster, you were an enemy of the state. You don't care about other people. But I can't even tell you how many times I heard that. It's those vaccinated people that are spreading around. Yeah. And, and truth be told, who was, the, who was the super spreaders? The dupas that got the vaccine, that's who. I they were safe you go my family, every one of them, I don't know about my brother, they got that damn virus 10 times over. At least that's what they said. But still, the point is, and they all got vaccine and then booster after booster. Me and my wife got none, none of that. We rarely wore a mask. And, you know, I mean, I'm just saying. So, you know, but what? Again, we were the enemy. We were terrorists. Joe Biden's put us in that category. See, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. The people that are making it up are the Democrats. But they're using the media, which they're controlling, and anybody and everybody else that they can to... um, spew this garbage out. They, I got you know they not only hate our constitutional republic, but they are probably the most undemocratic organization in this country today. That's right, technically run by probably about only 11 self-appointed anti-American power brokers. And all of them, just about, but pretty close, are one of Klaus Schwab's or Obama's puppets. I'm serious. Just because Obama's not in the White House anymore doesn't mean he doesn't have power. There's more than one way these people work. That Trust me when I tell you. I, you know, God, man, I get so worked up because it's just, you know, take you by the shoulders and shake you and say, please. But here's the saddest part. The determination to totally control us. That's sad. And like every tyrannical communist dictator in history, just look at, that'll tell you everything you need to know. But it's not just them. Oh, no, no. So don't get on any high horses or, you know, better than thou and all that. Never do that. But either way, in this case, because you have Mitt Romney, you have Susan Collins, you have Lisa Merkowitz, You have Liz Cheney, Mitch McConnell, John McCain when he was alive. I was shocked when John McCain turned coat. Mitt Romney, I'm not too surprised at that. He's a flake anyways, freaking fool. But anyways, you know, the Republicans are in on it. So really, people, don't you understand? You got nobody to stand with, really, that you can absolutely count on except for Jesus Christ. And when it comes to loving your neighbor and, and, and humanitarian uh, resources to use and so forth, all those kinds of things, Jesus gives us all that. He's he like, listen, this is how you go forward with this. So he's not saying because you're a Christian, well, I can't, do, that's, that's a worldly thing. No, it's not. Listen, listen. God gave us this country with all the blessings that it came with because He loved us and He wanted us to be prosperous. But these devils, these Satans, every one of them, are trying to take it away. You're seeing today (laughs) nothing short of the unleashing of a satanic warfare against Christians. And patriots. And for no other reason, you know why? Listen, listen, because we stand in the way of Satan's agenda and their God is Satan. We have the clash, we're in the middle of it. So whether you like it or not, you better make a stand. At least you stood for something. We got Satan's kingdom versus God's kingdom. Now we know who's going to end it, you know, going to win in the end. but man, the fight is now. Right now, people's minds, people's lives, people's all you know, are involved here. You have a culture of dysphoria versus divine order. Where do you want to be? 'cause that's what it is. It's it's that simple. God doesn't deal in gray areas. You know, well, it's a little bit this or no, God no, never has. No, 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 no. He did 12-hour day, 12-hour night. <laughs> you know, not 12.3 and 12.2. No no, no. No. We're at the crossroads take 2 We're at the crossroads people. The destiny of the United States of America, founded by individuals who fought and died to free us from tyrannical rule, has now come under tyrannical rule. What are you going to do about it? If you don't get up and do something, I don't, you know what, whatever side you want to get on, go ahead. At least I know where you stand. All right. I either have an ally or I don't and no fence riders. Nothing in between. God won't have it. Jesus says, "If you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth." Go ahead. The um, FBI is unconstitutional. The IRS is unconstitutional. Yeah, yeah. Get this. CPS is unconstitutional. Did you know that? Um, lots of other things are unconstitutional. Yeah. Did you know that? But see, they put this fear into you, this quote-unquote government authority or or for your own department. No, it's for our. Own no, 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 that's so <laughs> they yeah they can control you. Taxes are illegal. Did you know that? I mean, I haven't heard any good stories about people not paying them and getting away with it, but they're illegal. They're illegal. Social security is illegal. See, Roosevelt started most of these social programs to get us out of the, the, the grind of the Depression, all right? Put people to work and so forth and so on, this kind of stuff. Nothing is ever temporary. Right. Then what they found out was we can control a huge population of people in this country by creating you know these quote-unquote agencies and making them permanent you see people we don't need to fear all right we don't need to fear even though the gospel has been rejected by our government and the word of god has been rejected by woke pastors and churches And our nation's, you know, loosed itself from the moorings of God and his truth. The bottom line is the Bible tells us that God's grace is what protects us and it sustains us. And the thing is, without his protection, there's no safety whatsoever. None. Zip, zero. Listen, I've been in the halls of government. I've been deep in their, you know, talking to them and so forth and so on, your welfare is not on their mind. Not, no, no. Your enslavement is their objective. Now, instead of pushing them away, most people are pushing God away, which leaves us totally unprotected and vulnerable to evils unheard of or unforeseen and our own fallen nature is man. The only answer, pay attention to what's happening. Listen, if it's not obvious, it's not more laws and certainly not gun control, okay? It's the change of the human heart. Only the change in the human heart through Jesus Christ, who's the only one that can do that, only that change is going to make a difference. Speaking for myself and knowing so many other people that have been down that road a time or two before, you know, dance with Satan in his firelight time and again, only they can tell you that the only way they got out of that was through Jesus Christ. If you're listening to this show right now, Or somebody's talking to you about it. It's not too late. As long as you're breathing oxygen on this earth, it's never too late. Never. Don't let it be too late. Because once the breathing stops and the heart stops and all that good stuff, and they're putting you in the ground, (laughs) long before they put you in the ground, you're either burning or rejoicing. Lord's waiting to hear from you. Let it be today. Hey, thank you everybody for listening. God bless. I'm sorry. Well, I'm not sorry. You know, life is what it is, right? But thank you for uh, understanding my tardiness and and letting me slide by a little bit here. You know, give me a break, man. Anyways, just kidding. God bless everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey, my email address, if you want to shoot me a line, let's talk Mike1 at gmail.com. Let's talk M I K E, the number one at gmail.com. God bless everybody. Goodbye.